Welcome to the Copy Blogger Podcast. My name is Tim Stoddard. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we have a special episode. I am not here with my co-host, Ethan, who you all know and love. Uh, we're doing an interview show. This week, I have my new friend, Will DeShazo. Will, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, man. I'm excited too. Uh, sorry, Ethan, you're going to miss out today. Maybe you can catch recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be in his spot, though. I'll say it that way. Yeah, cool. We're, we're happy to have you. Yeah, let's get right into it. Today, we're talking about growthtools.com. This is funny because when I first acquired Copyblogger, I was sending some emails back and forth uh, with Brian about some ways that we could potentially do some partnerships and, and some ways that we could represent some of your products. You know, I'm not a product guy. And so Copyblogger has been a real adventure for me, like learning how to build a product. I'm much more comfortable in the SEO, content marketing, lead gen space, which is where like all of my success came from, right? And so in the beginning days of me at Copyblogger, the panic for me always was like, how do I create products? How do I create products? And so I've known about what you guys are doing for quite some time. And I've known about the reputation you guys have built with such stellar digital products. So... Now that I'm done flattering you, maybe I'll just kind of open it up a bit and, and you can explain what your guys' mission is and, and who you're helping. Yeah, man. I appreciate you saying that too about Brian. I actually did not know that. That's news to me live on the show. So that's pretty cool. And you guys are in Nashville together now, which is even neater. We help online businesses. I was listening to a show uh, on Copyblogger from quite some time ago with Nathan Berry of ConvertKit. A lot of creators out there are familiar with them. And uh, Nathan was like, look, man, if I could do it all over again, I would just build an email list and like get down and dirty and validate an offer and crush it and make it better and then go do all the fancy things. Brian is known for that. He's known for the simple, like, let's get it off the ground and move quickly. And then the other side of that, which is like, hey, dude, I'm running a seven figure business and I'm kind of plateaued and where's some fresh eyes. And, you know, we call it small hinges that move big doors, right? So like, we believe the world is a way better place when people like you create things. You're running this show, you're creating new content, that content you're spreading to other people. And it's that ripple down root effect, what you're doing to other people and the miraculous things that they're creating inside of their copywriting businesses or course businesses or coaching businesses or whatever that is. So we really are rooted inside of that. We also believe that simple is better. <laughs> it's one of a kind of our core values of a few here. Everything that we talk about today, if you'd walk away and you're scratching your head wondering that was way too complicated, tell Brian to fire Will because <laughs> I went against the core value on the show. So yeah, man, we're really rooted in helping you to grow your email list. We work with a lot of course creators, coaches, consultants, and we're known, like you said, about, about product. We're known for our products. So we've yeah. got like six or seven free tools, software tools, um, helping you write new content to helping you build landers, again, down and dirty. And then we have a, a growth university, which is kind of our one-to-one -one coaching program where we actually help you to execute a custom-built plan of growth. So I know, uh, you know, getting to your first $10,000 is a big milestone. We were talking about that before the show. And that's really a sweet spot of ours. It's a place that we're kind of near and dear in our heart too, uh, is getting something off the ground and having a real tangible thing. You know, it's a big deal. I agree. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Let's put that $10,000 a month check mark on hold for a bit because you said something that really, really resonates with me and why I've always loved Copyblogger. And even before my involvement with Copyblogger, the product line that they had mm -hmm. uh, was based under a premise of simplicity. If you look at the Copyblogger site, it is super simple. 
you know, if you look at my personal blog, it's super simple. And an, an old product affiliated with Copyblogger, which now sold, we sold it to um, WP Engine a long time ago, is a theme store, basically like the most successful WordPress theme store ever. It's called Studio Press. And the logo for Studio Press was simple things don't break. I, man, I, I, I say that to myself over and over and over again. I think about it with like the complexity of the org chart sometimes with my agency. I think about it on how we can create like a sales funnel to, to work with people in the copy blogger academy and even with, with digital commerce, which is our, our new, um, service business. So this isn't a question as much as I'm just kind of looking for your feedback because I love simple and I love yeah. simplicity. So how is it that the products and like what you represent have that message? Man, you know, Brian's always been known for that. Yeah. Right? Like if you looked at the early days, We've since, we since have grown up and now we're growth tools and we have this logo and yada, yada. Brian was known as Video Fruit, which is the goofiest name on the internet. Did nothing to do with videos or fruit at any point in time. Right. (laughs) And this is simple, just down and dirty stuff. I think it was Steve Jobs that said something along the lines of like, simple can be harder than complexity. Right. Right. You have to work really, really hard to get your thinking like stupid, simple, clean. So, and you see that in all of our tools. Our goal here is that you like, as a business owner and online business owner, don't have to reinvent the wheel and recreate and start from scratch. Like we test and trial our own, like what's working, what's not live with our customers. And then we build playbooks to show you like, Hey, here's what works. And then don't do it this way. Cause we tried that and it really sucks. <laughs> do it like this. Right. So like one example of that, and this is something we live by like our coaching and our framework. Again, simplicity. This is an acronym. <laughs> ICE, I-C-E, uh, it stands for impact, confidence, and ease of implementation. So like as you look at your org chart or as you look at your growth marketing plan or whatever that might be, maybe it's a pillar of that plan and it's really granular and you're like, what's my next step? What should it be? Rank those three or four decisions, ideas, concepts, strategies by impact. Like what's the greatest impact that this could have? What's your confidence level that you can actually achieve that and replicate it continually? And how easy is this going to be to get off the ground? Like, how quick can we get to the results? You know, like that is simple thinking <laughs> to allow you to, to decide the next route. So we're really rooted in that ICE framework in almost everything that we do. Yeah, I love that ICE framework. I'm thinking of, I like to give specifics as in direction. I find that there's a lot of advice out there that's a bit like esoteric, you know, like, Hey, you got to build your brand and build an audience and blah, blah, blah. I like to tell people like, no, push this button, yeah, do man. it in this exact way, you know, like format it in this way. This is what works for me. So you possibly using that framework, if that's the most applicable, if not, like, please, please lead the way. How would I go from, you know, I got a blog, I got an email list, I got like a hundred people. 150 people. I feel like my friends are replying back and saying, Hey, I love this week's issue, right? But I'm having trouble getting to that spot where I can be at at least two grand, three grand a month to where I can see results and feel like I'm onto something. So what's the next like simple step to get over that hurdle? Yeah, that's good, man. And there's a lot of complicated things you could do to get over that hurdle. And like, Try for years and years and years and push and push and push. Like we, we've all been to the conference circuit and you see the same folks every year. Like that much has changed. I've never <laughs> been to a conference. <laughs> Good. Don't. <laughs> Not one. But like, that's a big thing is like, let's find the simplest thing to move. Let's just take action. Right. Uh, one thing that Brian would tell you is the most important thing you can do early on. And I've referenced this with Nathan 
It's to build that list. And that's again, that's the esoteric, like you said, I hate. Like, go build your list. Yeah, but like how? Like there's a thousand ways, right? I could keyword optimize. I could create a ton of long tail content and big awesome blogs. I could guest posts. I could run Facebook ads, you name it, right? What Brian would actually say is the better, more efficient way to get to your end destination, the simplest way to get there is actually how the internet formed. (laughs) It's by someone else who needs what's in your brain, like what you train on your expertise. It's you going to their audience and pouring into them and teaching them and educating them and actually showing that you care and not being there to use them as a resource to get more sales or to get more whatever, but to like literally just be a beacon of light for those people and to share. So great example, we're on a podcast right now. You have guests on your show all the time. Hopefully you get a reward from that by teaching something new to your audience that they actually need. And hopefully your guest is able to get a little bit of something in return for that. Maybe that's email subscribers if they're poignant on where they're sending those people, right? So like that would be the first step is get, and we call that, we call that a partnership. Ultimately it's like, Hey, I have this, you have that. Like let's connect and see how we could serve each other. Right. And um, finding the right partners, whether that's being inside of a Facebook group teaching, like with the authority of the person that runs the group saying, yes, dude, I need that on this group. Can you share on Friday? Right. Or being a guest on a show like this, it's really fast, simple ways because, hey, everybody can talk about what they do and what they love all day long. Right. And then, of course, we get into a little bit of the details and the weeds of what do we do with those leads from here? And Brian's going to go ahead and tell you to validate a program that you feel like. So ask them what they want. Don't sell to them something you assume they will want, right? That's a big mistake a lot of people have. And that's a whole nother episode. I'll be honest with you, Tim. (laughs) But that's where I would start is, man, the power, it really is. It's in that email list. And then once you have the list, you can ask them what they want and go build it. I love the idea of getting involved. The analogy I use over and over again is... Let's imagine that you weren't on the internet and let's imagine that you had a garage sale and you were trying to get people to your garage sale. Like, well, what would you do? You would go to the places where people who are interested in garage sales are and then tell them about it. You know, or maybe you would hang some flyers in your neighborhood or maybe you would go to like the local coffee shop and ask if you could pin the, uh, whatever you call it, you know, the sign where you rip the the little tabs off, right? And (laughs) yeah. It's the same thing. It's just on the internet. And so, well, I I grew my brand when when guest blogging was a little bit more popular. Yeah, that's right. That's a a great example of a partnership though, right? Totally. Absolutely. I've written guest blogs, so many. I mean, I used to just go to the Barnes & Nobles in Boca when I lived in South Florida every Saturday to write a guest blog. My goal was always one a week. And so that really, really helped me build my first company. Mm -hmm. I think podcasts are great, but I also think an underutilized example, which I'd I, I love to have your feedback on here. I've never been much of a social media person, but I got to tell you, I'm having a blast on Twitter. Like yeah. people and finding like-minded people and just figuring out like, hey, what can I do for you? Let's, let's figure out how this works. And it's been working well. So w- w- what are your thoughts on like the social media networking aspect? Yeah, man. You know, like, first of all, I love what you just said. And that's like, that's a way into the partnership is kind of how I view sure. Twitter, right? Totally. And Brian's super active on Twitter and actually is a pretty, pretty good follow on Twitter. That's a really great way to get your foot in the door. We call that an anchor point, right? So like when you pitch someone to be a sh- on their show, look, we came on today, Tim, and you're like, Hey, you guys stood out in that pitch. Like, as you know, I get nine pitches a day and you're like, this stood out. 
Well, what you mentioned, actually what you mentioned was not the anchor point, but <laughs> the anchor point is basically showing that you care. You're not some weirdo on the internet, right? So having that interaction on Twitter at some level, you can always point back to in your pitch or just pitch directly onto Twitter. Well, excuse me for, for buttoning in there. I definitely want to let you finish, but let's just put out there what happened. Ethan and I decided after our last interview, we had Ed Lattimore. I ran my own podcast for a couple of years. I got like 300 episodes. I got to interview like my heroes, like Ramit Sethi and Seth Godin. And that's fun. Yeah. And it was amazing. But the interview style format was stressful because mm-hmm. I'm always booking interviews and then like people don't show up and it was just difficult. Right. And so when Ethan and I had this idea, when I brought the idea to him, I was like, okay, it's just going to be us two. And we're going to do like case studies every week. And we've been figuring it out. You know what I mean? We've been getting closer and closer to what our ideal format is. But the whole point of that is we, we don't do interviews anymore. Mm-hmm. And I do Muay Thai training. I was at the Muay Thai gym last week and I was kind of in between sets. And so I sat down, I looked at my phone and all of a sudden I get this email. And believe me when I tell you, like Instagram DMs, Twitter DMs, emails, I have no idea how people even get my email address anymore. I'd say at least five to 10 a day, people trying to come on the podcast yeah. with the same spam email form and mm-hmm. the fact that i even answered to your guys's email um and i forget your friend's name maybe it was ben or something i drew on our team yeah yeah, drew, yeah. yeah. I, I told drew i was like drew, i want you to know that it was the fact that you were so personable in your email but also here's here's the real tricky point he said we have an email list of blah 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 uh-huh. like when we record i would love to promote uh, our the sorry. episode to my email list and so mm-hmm. there's something in it for me Right. And so like, let's just, let's just get to it. And um, you don't see that very often. I think people miss that mark. That's killer, man. And that's the hook, right? So the hook is huge. I mean, there's three parts. So we got the anchor. Yeah. So I actually call it hook, anchor and ask, right? And they don't have to be in that order. It just flows way better than that. Let's be honest. So the hook is, is, is that it's what's in it for me. Like the old school folks would say with them, right? Like what's in it for me, man. Right. So you don't necessarily have to lead with that, but it's got to be there. And you've got to know what that should be, right? Like if I already have a super established show and you're telling me that you're going to send me out to your group of a thousand people, like I'm probably not super interested in that. But if I saw that you have an upcoming affiliate launch going on and like my people are primed and ready for your product, I may be way more interested in that being the hook. Drew's digging. And by the way, this is something fun. Drew works through our entire playbook we teach our clients, right? Like, again, like we practice what we preach, right? So hook, anchor and ask that anchor is, Hey, I'm not a weirdo on the internet. Like we actually show we care. Drew may have like screenshotted an episode that he listened to. He may have found a recent blog that he liked and like circle something on the screen. There's a lot of different ways to show that you actually care. And like, you're not some weirdo on the internet, just pitching, like you said, spam. And then the ask is really simple. Like don't ask to be something super specific, typically, just ask if you're interested in this kind of value. Like, are you interested to connect, right? Like hit me back with a wire and then you don't have to give me all of these crazy stipulations. Like let's just connect if it's worthy, you know, make it easy to say yes or no. So yeah, man, I really appreciate you saying that. I think that's flattering. You mentioned flattering me earlier, but I think that's really flattering to hear. So thanks. It's cool. Okay. I, I love painting these scenarios because I want the people who listen to feel like we are talking to them. So yeah. I'm a blogger. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping 
let's say I've been a freelance writer for some time and I'm looking to take my skills and productize them into like a digital product or so. And let's say cool. I got 1500 people on my email list and I, I finally got my product. Like I know I can probably sell 10 to 20 with my email list, but I'm looking to grow this thing. Right. So yeah. what I would do and tell me if, if I'm wrong, but I would do hook anchor and ask. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would, first thing I would do is research because you got to find people totally. that are kind of on your level. That's like, right. It just makes sense. There has to be alignment. So I'd find somebody that maybe has the same amount of Twitter followers. Maybe I'm following their newsletter. I don't know. Something. Don't shoot too high. Like, I don't want to shoot killing. Yeah, like you're not going for Oprah Winfrey today, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's right. Start. Yeah. Yeah. So I start and then I ask myself, like, what can I do for this person? Mm. And here's the funny part about it because there's this weird mindset where I don't want to say trick yourself because it's not manipulative. Like you have to figure out how to just be in it for doing the right thing. And then Mm -hmm. somehow having faith in the universe that like it's going to come back to you. Yeah. So, so that, that hooks Talk to me about that. If I'm somebody who's like 1500 emails, I'm looking to find a, 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 some with alignment. So at that point, it's like the reciprocity thing. You don't have it. Like I don't have an email list of 300,000 people, man. Like, Hey, Will and Growth Tools got to be on this show because they've got this huge email list that they're going to blast the podcast out to. Like, of course, Tim said he's interested, but I just do this. Like, first of all, don't underestimate what you train on and what you teach on. Like, don't underestimate yourself, right? I agree. Somebody somewhere, everyone somewhere started, right? So like make today the day that you start. You know what I'm saying? Second thing though is like, we're talking about this hook. So some, some common things that you can do. First of all, let me go back. You are totally correct. You've got to find, we call it a dream 50, but like some equitable, I call them verticals. So let's say you are a copywriter. You've been doing B2B. Like let's say you write for insurance brokers. Like that's just your thing, right? You write for insurance brokers. You've built a successful business, B2B selling your services, your writing for insurance brokers. And you're going to teach other people how to build their writing businesses. Is that a fair scenario? It's it's perfectly aligned. Yeah. A lot of our writers like, they're not just writers. Most of them have some kind of specialty. So it's, it's like sure. a perfectly Yeah, thing. right. So let's say you're going to teach people how to build and find their own niche and build their own like copywriting service. And you're going to create a course for that. Maybe you already have. You sold 20, like you said earlier. Well, I'm not going after the insurance brokers anymore. I'm not B2B anymore. I'm sure. B2C now. So shift your brain and think, well, where are the copywriters hanging out? So let's go to verticals here. What softwares are they using? You mentioned to me earlier an entire plugin store that you guys sold earlier. I bet there's a ton of software inside of that store that copywriters might use, whether it's like to get off the ground or for their own blocks, right? One example that I use every single day is Grammarly. Now, Grammarly is a huge win, right? But there's a ton of other options like Grammarly. And here's the fun thing about that vertical software. SaaS companies typically suck at content. (laughs) So funny. That's the hook for you. It's like, dude, I want to provide your people with some value and actually teach them how to write well, right? Not just how to not spell things the wrong way, right? So software, one vertical. Maybe there's another vertical. Maybe maybe it's somebody in sales and they're teaching people how to like operate B2B sales to build up their software service or excuse me, their copywriting service. And I don't train on that. I just train on the hard skills maybe, right? 
thinking about that in verticals. And then when you find like maybe three or four verticals, you can go find unique softwares, unique people who train on sales, people who train on advertising and growth and all of that, hosting courses. Now you've got your dream 50. You can start finding and pitching those people, finding the hooks to them. This is one thing that I would do is like, go spend a week on five people, like listen to their podcasts, read their blogs, subscribe and and see their uh, welcome sequence. Typically, they're putting their most popular content in their welcome sequence. Consume it, right? And make notes like screenshot and literally just get get down and dirty on draw and like make a note. I love this. Attach that to the email. That's a really awesome anchor point. And as you start to see these trends of they, they do, they talk about this a lot or man, this is a huge soft spot on their people. Now, you know, the problems that their audience is trying to solve. And if you can navigate your way into a different angle to solve that problem with what you train on, you just found a really killer hook, you know? So it, it, I hate to say this. I wish there's a magic pill and we could like BCC all of the like hundred people that we found. But that's a recipe for not getting a response. <laughs> yeah. And you ignore them and so do we, you know? Yeah. I've always been glad that there's not a magic pill. It's kind of the same thing as like people are scared to talk about their ideas. You know, say, like, why? What are you going to yeah. do? It's like steal my idea and actually execute on it. Like really? you're not. So here's totally. the idea. And the fact that there isn't a magic pill, I always think of the League of Their Own where uh, mm. at the end of the movie... Oh God, I forget the character's name, but she says, it just got too hard. And, you know, there's Tom Hanks. He's like, got too hard. He's like, if it wasn't hard, anybody would do it. Yeah, that's like, right. the, the hard is what makes it great. So, yeah, I think that's cool. All right. So there's another topic I want to talk about, which yeah. is almost counterintuitive to what I said before. Because without getting too woo-woo, I do think that mindset is important. Because what holds back so many people that I talk to and that approach me is just the confidence and the belief. It's not so much the confidence in their work. It's just the confidence to like put themselves out there and get in front of people, you know, and like be vulnerable because you're going to be told no mm-hmm. more than you. And I was mm-hmm. so lucky because I had a sales job years and years ago selling medical equipment, doing like a hundred dollars a day. And I got hung up on thousands and thousands of times, you know? And so yeah, I just yeah. I got embrace the no. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like you said something there, which I, I just want to highlight this stuff and screaming at it because how many SaaS products are there oh, out gosh. there? Tens of thousands, right? Unlimited. And how many yeah. of them are so bad at content? All of them. Because they're builders. They're not they're not sellers, they're builders. And so mm-hmm. the work is there. The The market is there. Like people will buy your stuff. How do you train the, maybe not even just the writers, like you get people from all different industries, right? But how do you train that person that's been doing a skill that they feel confident in so long and then yeah. transitioning them to be like, okay, you're doing that skill, but now you're also selling, like you're getting yeah. out there. How do you yeah. do that? Tim, first of all, Let's go back to what you said because I loved it. One of my one of my most favorite words is abundance, right? Yeah. One of my second most favorite words, and these are also the two hardest things sometimes in life, is vulnerability. And when I would enroll clients into our one to one program, you know, we're very high touch with our clients, so it's not it's a real relationship. It's not like a course or anything like that. I need you to be like bought in and ready to go and just an awesome fit for what we do before we ever work together. 
And that's the last thing I would tell anyone before they said, here's a credit card, let's join. It's, hey, I need you to be vulnerable in this process, right? Like when you don't feel right, lean into us. When something feels off, tell us. When you get the no, keep going, right? So I think to your point though, is like, hey, I'm really good at copywriting. I'm not good at sales. Sales is icky. There's a couple of things I want people to know before they let that shut them down and don't do anything after this episode, right? First yeah. off, quick wins. Like you just need to get some quick wins under your belt. Don't go get on the biggest podcast out there and like poop your pants and freak out and like shut down and realize, oh my gosh, I should have never done this and have a panic attack. Like just go get on some shows that are just getting started. There's nothing wrong with like getting the dust off and just getting comfortable, you know? Plus, by the way, talk about quick wins, small wins. You're going to get some yeses from that. People need your content, right? Those yeses build. I'm literally, I hope you can't hear it. Our neighbors are building this retaining wall right now. It's freaking huge, like 20 foot retaining wall. They started with these, like I'm looking at it right now. They started with these small bricks, right? And that was two days ago. They got some yeses, they built up and now they're at the top. So like, it's the same concept. Start small, get some quick wins under your belt, get confidence. Number two, do realize that you're not ever going to feel like you're selling anything when you're teaching something that you're passionate about. Most of your viewers are probably super passionate about what they do and could teach and talk all day long to a wall at a bar at 1 a.m. about what they do. But when it comes to like selling something, there's this weird tension of stiffing up. But if you're just naturally teaching and pouring in and sharing your secrets and what's worked and what hasn't and being abundant and sharing vulnerability, you come across as a human and there's no sales transaction thing in that, right? You're sending people to another resource to continue to get some more information after the show where if you have a couple sequences set up, they see that vulnerability in you as a human and actually want to have a conversation to work with or buy the program or whatever the next step is, you know? So it doesn't have to be super salesy. Just remember, like, get some quick wins under your belt, get on some smaller shows, get some yeses because you're going to be celebrating like over a glass of Chardonnay tonight when you get your first yes. But then like also move on and get on the show and talk about what you love and teach and pour in and share. And you're going to leave the episode with more energy than you've ever had, not feeling like you were this weird used car salesman online, you know? Do, do you guys buy in to the teaching sales concept? Is that how you would teach marketing? There's a few different concepts on that, right? I mean, a lot of that depends on your audience and who they yeah. are. Like we never like slap the one, you know, coat of paint on you because everyone should do things this way. Like we firmly believe like a business isn't a square inside of a triangle that you can just like force in. But for most especially course-based, knowledge-based, like sales, like product stuff. Like, yeah, I would teach, right? Pour into people and show them this other path. That's a really simple solution. Give them your framework. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely lean into that, especially for those course creators that are out there. I would too. Even for industries that may not seem as in alignment, because course creation is obvious. Like you teach them a little bit and it's like, hey, you want a little more? Buy a course. Most of my experience has been lead generation, actually. And the same concept applies. Like, make yourself an authority. And then people are willing to call you because they already believe in what you're saying and they already trust you. But I also think, driving back on your point, I was so thrilled to hear you say this. The vulnerability part Mm -hmm. about it is like a real missing link because when it comes to 
online content and especially writing because writing is just like the hardest thing to do, right? It is so freaking hard. When it comes to that, hitting publish, even though you know it's bad, and then just moving on to the next one yeah. and hitting publish again, and you still think it's kind of bad, but you think it might be a little bit better than the last one. <laughs> like there is yeah. no way to be a good writer until you have published bad shit. Yes. So Podcasting's the that, same. It, yeah, it, it all really of it is. Look, yeah. I had a. Yeah. This has come up a few times. I had a in the last webinar I did with the academy. I had a terrible speech impediment growing up. I couldn't really? say R's, and uh, I went to speech class for years and years, and you, you can hardly hear it anymore. Like obviously, I've grown out of it, but because of that, speaking to people always was just really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I was always the weird kid in the corner at parties, like by myself with a skateboard, just because my. Yeah youth i didn't talk to anybody and so then like coming on and having a podcast and having these conversations with you now you might be able to listen to us and be like oh wow they're they're having such a conversation like they're pros and it's like believe me i had no idea what i was doing and i just decided that i was going to do this and it's it's five years from now and it, it's right. it, it turns into something right that's exactly right man i mean i'm, I'm like you i we hosted a, a show a friend of mine and i years ago seven years ago and we're just throwing stuff together, doing our best, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, he actually texted me a while back and was like, dude, I just listened to like some of our like more recent shows, which were still like six years ago. And he's like, they actually weren't that bad. Like they were actually pretty good. And he's like, so then I went back to some of the first stuff we did and dude, it was so awful. awful right. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's kind of why I'm encouraging people to like go to some shows that are just getting started and like get your feet underneath you, you know? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I totally agree. If there was a magic pill, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of going back on ourselves, but I actually wish there was a magic pill to give people that little bit of courage mm-hmm. of just hitting publish, getting your voice heard, getting on, getting in front of a microphone. And like, and not even that, it's listening to it and having that cringe feeling and still doing it again. You know? Yes. Yes, man. I interviewed someone years ago. Her name's Jenny Blake. She worked with Google for a long time and launched a book years ago. She called it, uh, it was called Pivot. And it's all about like embracing your inner child and not being afraid and like getting out there and just doing the thing. And she talks about like everything that she looks back on in her life that was the best decision she ever made was made in a very uncomfortable place, right? Like, when you ask your wife to marry you, like no brainer, but like still like probably like butterfly situation, right? When I dropped 20 grand to, to buy whatever it was in my business, big, big time money for the first time, like pit in my stomach, but probably look back and you're like, dang, that was one of the best things I ever did. When you started, right? Look back and you're like, oh, that was awful. One of the best things you ever did. So yeah, that's a really strong takeaway, man. I think that, um, it's hard to wrap your head around that until you've done it. And then you're like, cool, man, no big deal. I can go start again. Like I'm past that now. You know? Do you have any examples of people that you worked with that maybe aren't copywriters that when you saw come in, they were raw and yeah. insecure and their vulnerability got them through to the point where they were building like a, a significant income for themselves? Yeah, man. You know, I can think of one client several years ago. Um, that joined our program and was kind of shooting for the stars and some of the first people she was pitching and was not a super extroverted person at all. A lot of doubt. And one of her first pitches that she sent, like first five, 
was somebody with a pretty decent audience, like 20,000 people on their list. And she was like, Hey, I am so in. Let's do a webinar training on this. What you provide is so valuable for my people to hear. And like that one sentence, she, she knew what she did. Did she ever know the value of what she did? Not truly until someone else who was way bigger than her out, like two rungs out of her audience size, just getting started. She was came to her and said, this is so valuable. My people have got to hear it. Right. So like, and here's the fun thing about that too, Tim is like, unless you can get out of your sphere and your circle, you can never get that perspective. You can never have that person come on and tell you that. Right. So yeah, it's cool. And that's what it takes to to get out of your sphere. It takes that outreach. It seems like over and over again, this is kind of becoming a theme in our conversations. And I'm I'm really all about it because it, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was, I didn't do this on purpose. It was like an accident, really. But through reading copy blogger every day, mm-hmm. I would write these long form blog posts. And then after I wrote it, I'd gear up as much courage as I could on like a Friday afternoon and find people that I thought might like to read it. This was probably like eight years ago when Facebook was actually like cool and fun. And so I remember just like sitting on Facebook and and researching all these people in in pages because pages were actually, again, like popular back then and sending DMs about like, hey, I know you don't know me. I I wrote this. I don't want anything from you other than maybe your feedback and, and I hope it helps you. And I can realistically say that a large portion of how I grew um, my first brand was just through that, through the one at a time, unscalable work that eventually gets you to this peak point where people start like coming to you. And they totally did. They started coming to me. That's dude. I love that. You mentioned the word authority earlier, Tim. Yeah. I don't know if you recall that. This was quite earlier in our show. And you said, you know, when you get that authority built, people trust you and they believe in you and they buy what you have quicker, right? It's a shorter path to the sale. People a lot of times look at authority as this just Mount Everest. Like how in the world? Like I'm way down here. Like how in the world can I ever build authority? Here's something very fun that we're talking about today and borrowing other people's audiences. No matter where you start, no matter how big that audience is or how small that audience is, that audience trusts the person that they're listening to that is referring you to them. Doesn't matter how big or small, trust is trust. Like we can both agree on, right? Trust is trust. So like as you begin to get on this show or be on that show or have and be inside of this Facebook group or teach inside of that group or write a blog on this blog or be publishing this, like all of a sudden, not only are you growing your email list and your confidence, but you're growing your authority. Whether you know it or not, your authority is beginning to grow in space. Right. Which is super cool. And going back to what we said earlier, like getting out of that comfort zone, I'm reading, I don't know if you have you ever read Tribe of Millionaires, David Osborne. Oh. It's, it's a really fun action adventure read, but it's a business book, which is really rare. He says this. Do you spend time referring to like you and your friends and your network? Right. Do you spend time together with your current network of close friends because you're similar or are you similar because you spend that much time together? I mean, it kind of makes you pause and think, you know, not to say like ditch all your friends and go after new people, but like get out of that sphere of comfort for a little bit here and send people, send random people that you think might enjoy your stuff. Send it to them <laughs> like you did eight years ago, right? Like uh, kudos. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. It was definitely an adventure. I had no idea 
not necessarily where it would take me, but I, I didn't realize how valuable the skill of just getting out of my own way was in in that context because like it was so horrifying for me. It was just the the, the scariest thing ever. I mean, I, I I grew up in Philly and I moved to Florida by myself. Basically, I had a cousin and I was just going through some shit. And so he was like, "Hey, you can stay on my couch." And then before I know it, I'm in like this random apartment all alone with a laptop that I bought at a pawn shop, right? And I'm just like, what do I do with my life? And so I started writing a blog and realized like, hey, there are people out there that are interested in what I have to say. And a year into that, uh, I got the courage to actually like maybe send some of my articles to my family members and be like, hey, I wrote this. Let me know what you think about it. And then I found out that they sent it to their entire email list and their job, you know? And so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say that I'm like anything special. The point I'm trying to make is that people are interested in you and you have something to contribute to the world. And in the way that our economy and the internet works, like you can find a way so that you can make a living off of what it is that you're interested in. Not necessarily what you're passionate about, like follow your passion, do all that. That's really cool. There has to be opportunity aligned with it. But you, you can make a living in your interests and you can make a great living doing it because you care about it. And I just, I, I really wish there was that magic pill for that where you could just show people like, no, this is totally possible. It's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world, but it's not, it's not like flying without wings, you know, like you really, right. really can do this. Yeah. I mean, the magic pill is taking action and doing it, you know, yeah. it comes, it, it really does. It comes right behind it. It, it, it just will. Right. I mean, look, you're a great ca- ca- case study of that, man. Like, grew up, like, you said speech impediment, couldn't say the R's, and like, so that made you uncomfortable, you didn't want to talk to people, and now yeah. you are so happy when you were on a show, right? <laughs> so, like, it's a great example, yeah. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed the framework. I think that's great. And I hope that maybe if you guys have, like, a PDF or something like that, we can attach it uh, to the podcast notes. I'm not sure if you do. Even if you just type it in, like, a, a Google yeah. Doc or something, I think that would be be really cool. Are there any other simplistic frameworks that you think um, are applicable to people in that that spot that we talked about? You know, usually, like, a 1,000 subscribers, like, two grand a month, can't quit, can't quite quit their job, but are ready to get to that 10K a month goal. Yeah, there's, there is. When we work with clients like that, we, it's actually a totally different track. And there's some specificalities. We have a general framework for growing businesses, right? Like we're trying to make things simple here. Like yeah. there is no square into a circle. Like you can't grow a business like that, but we do have a general framework. We call it ATM. So that stands for you got to attract the right people and enough of them to know that you're out there. We've talked about the best way for those people to do that today. You've also got to continue to teach and build trust with those people. Like once they join your list, right? What am I going to send to them? You guys are writers. <laughs> like you should know, right? But a simple way to start on that is like kind of that education forward, a couple of emails a month, right? I always say first and 15. Send them some, an update on you, maybe on the first, like what you're working through right now. Be transparent, what's challenging you right now. Send them like some really cool tools or something that you think would actually be beneficial to them on the 15th. Right? Like just a simple email content plan. Nothing insane. A lot of people say you need to email your people every single day. Like, I don't agree with that. Just think that's a recipe for burnout and it's not needed. Yeah. Especially when you have leads coming to you that already trust you from yeah. other places, right? 
And then the M, the monetization piece, which is kind of what we're honing in on. Hey, I'm at 2K. How do I get to, how do I get to 10? Well, if an online business is not like build it and they will come, like you and I have, you described really it earlier. It's really not like just because think, you have and, the best And just to the pause there, I think that's a yeah. huge problem that writers have is they think if I just okay. write some of the best stuff, people will find it and then they'll just come to me, which really drives me crazy because it never works. So can, can I, is it okay if I use a, like a, a little bit of a metaphor? kind of story around that of course yeah uh, you know, my dad always taught metaphorically so i feel like that's how i learn and how i teach as well put it this way i was on a run we live on a dead-end street in our neighborhood and i love to run summertime super hot like like pouring hot i'm in birmingham alabama it's humid you know how it is in nashville i go to our cul-de-sac literally just get down the street uh on our cul-de-sac and there is a lemonade stand these kids this really happened a couple summers ago and it hit me and I was like, my gosh, these kids at the lemonade stand had all their hopes, all their dreams, all their desires worked so hard to build the lemonade stand. And they freaking could have just gone door to door in our cul-de-sac and made like sales. Like no one's going to drive by this thing. Right. So I run out of our neighborhood. Like I always do. I turn right, I turn left. And then there's a four way stop, like less than a hundred feet from where they are with thousands of cars an hour stopping at the stop sign. Like what would you rather have? A thousand lemonade stands on a thousand, what's harder? A thousand lemonade stands on a thousand like dead end streets oh. or literally one lemonade stand in a pop and hop and spot, right? Like don't just create to create, although we're all built to create. Like that's a, we believe that here at Growth Source. Sure. We are built to create and led with that. But also we got to share that creation, man, you know? And partnerships is a great way to do that. And so here's the thing. It's the same idea with an online course. If you've built this program and you're just like, this is the freaking cure to cancer for people. Like I know they've got to have it. Then you need to go shout it from the rooftops, man. You can't sit back and now my work is done. I've created this thing. Right. So like one thing that we would recommend is actually you don't spend all the time building the course. It's kind of like what Nathan Berry said, like don't spend all the time building the site, making it pretty, like build the audience and then go to them. Actually, we have a tool called drip scripts with all sorts of pre-written funnels and you guys can make them pretty and make them your own. But it's basically a template that we follow that works well. And one of those is for what we call validation. It's just going to your people that are active with you and saying, hey, here's the thing. I want to create something that can serve you well, but I need to know how best I can serve you. Like, And getting and understanding and wrapping your mind around what they need. Then you can create that thing or sharpen the thing you already have and sell it to them, right? A lot of times people think, I would buy this. That's the most dangerous saying on the internet. Oh, I would buy this. I'm going to yeah. create it. No, man. Don't be the one person beta group, right? So if I could say anything, it's really focusing in on the A. It's pouring in the attraction, pouring into your audience with a simple content plan and asking them what they want. Use our tools with drip scripts or go research online some validation sequences to validate a new offer with your audience. Then it's really simple to simply give them what they want. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to stop. ATM, attract, teach, monetization. Yeah. Love the framework. Let's let's try to get as many of these as possible for like like I said, even if it's just a Word document or something like that. I'd I'd love to have something yeah. that they can take away with it and feel free to put a letterhead on it. It's all Yeah, good. man. Look, we um what I could do is I've got some just downloadables and simple stuff. Like I said, we're simple. So throw it in a Google Doc with some external links that they could go to for all your listeners, really killer resources on how to pitch people, killer resources on like building a dream 50, any of that, you know, we've got it. So yeah. Love that. Where can people find more? 
actually, if you want to share, uh, we did build out a little bit of a asset for you guys, Tom. Love to. um, Amazing. It's actually Thank for, you. yeah, you're welcome. It's for our, um, it's called Shop Talk, which is actually, we call it a webinar that's not pitchy. <laughs> so like we're literally teaching every single week on different growth strategies, many of which we've talked about today. They're every Wednesday to our list and we actually have a VIP list. So believe it or not, if they sign up for that VIP list, all your listeners, Tim, we're going to actually go ahead and send you our last four replays. One of them is getting your first 1,000 subscribers. Cool. Another is how to develop your irresistible offer with four super simple steps, how to land your first 25K client. There's some really good stuff inside of there and I'd probably recommend them go there. It's just go.growthtools.com slash copy blogger. Oh, fantastic. So it's like a copy blogger landing page? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are pro. Hey, this is what we do. And make sure when you partner with people, have that hook as the name of the brand. It's really simple for them to remember. Yeah. I will start doing this myself. I'm notoriously awful at like, let's call it production, you know, like having the the production value type stuff. I'm always been like, yeah, sure. I'll show up. Oh, you needed that. Sorry. I don't have it. (laughs) Hey, we're down and dirty too, man. But look, Drew, Drew really is a backbone. He runs partnerships for, for us. And, uh, and so that's helpful too, man. But, but yeah, you could just go to go.growtools.com slash copy blogger, sign up for our VIP list. Basically, we're just going to text you a reminder when we start the show on Wednesday. That's all. It's not a spammy thing. And then we'll shoot Thank you over you. the last four resources of the show. Yeah. Yeah, man. So cool. Sure. Thank you so much. I'll put that on the newsletter as well. Yeah. I will. Thanks, man. Yeah. You you were a great chat. This was amazing. This was really um, fun. Yeah. I appreciate you having us and just being excited to like roll with the flow. I totally agree with you. The scripted is just, it is stressful, man, for both parties. And I, I appreciate you guys trying to figure out your flow together and like honing in on that. But it's also fun to have an outside set of guests or eyes, and it's just fun to connect like this, man. It's, it's good yeah. to talk with like. I, I think we'll still have a guest come in every once in a every while, just a while. to keep sharp, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only right. Keep on your toes a little bit. Yeah. I will. Well, it's great talking to you. You too, Everybody, man. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, best thing to do is to leave a comment or subscribe or don't. Either way, we hope that you got value from the episode. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.